This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's Friday, it's the Blood Red podcast. It's Sean Bradbury making a hat-trick and the host in the hot seat. The results have been quite decent this week while I've uh, had my little stint, so hopefully that can continue into the weekend. Uh, I have with me an unchanged team today, undroppable in the form they're in. First of all, we have James Pearce on my right. Jay, how are you doing? Good, thank you, Sean. Yourself? Very well, very well. We also have Ian Doyle on my left, Doyley House Tricks. I am full of cold. Full of gold, uh, still, yes. still, yes, still, 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 recovering. still, still, no, I'm still, oh. yep, still in the water. It still wouldn't be a pod if you didn't have a little sniffle, would it? Exactly. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's gone by by next season. And Keith <laughs> O'Neill, how are you getting on? I'm full of optimism. It's right, as always. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, there's plenty to go at today. Uh, we've had the clock press conference. We're looking ahead to Wolves, but I just want to start with a little look back at how things panned out in the Champions League. Doyle, we'll start with you. The Ian Doyle derby. <laughs> yes, it's on. <laughs> as as it it's is now on. known, it's on. It's Liverpool against Spurs. You've got your wish. Are you a happy man? Uh, no. Uh, okay, first of all, let's be honest. You've got to give credit to Tottenham. 3-0 down. Uh, Ajax, who were bossing it completely. Nobody really saw any kind of comeback for them after, what was it, about 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Suddenly, you know, Lucas Moura, who has been one of their unsung heroes. Did he score at Anfield? He did, yeah. didn't he? He scored at Anfield. He scored, yeah, he scored quite a few goals this season. I think he's maybe even scored at Barcelona when they got that draw to actually get through the group stage, I think. So he's, he's been the, the, the hero, but what a hero. I mean, it, let's, it, no matter who you support, <laughs> we were all watching that game and it's like, it comes to that last second. You can hear the crowd are counting down the seconds and then... It drops four. I mean, he swings it. Great goal. I mean, all three of his goals were good, weren't they? Very mm. well taken. But that, if you support Tottenham, you, it's no wonder Pochettino was crying afterwards. <laughs> you know, he saw about James Milner crying on the pitch after the Liverpool game. But for Pochettino, with what he's had no money to spend, really, because of what's happened with the, the stadium, he had to put up with that. You know, he's had various players have been unfit. You know, no Harry Kane. He might be back for the final. He, he's lost another players along the way. He had, he had to bring on Llorente, who I think it was you pointed out that he brought on Lorenzi from 2012 rather than <laughs> 2019. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? It made a big difference there, just a long ball up to the big man up front and then Ajax couldn't cope with that. But and it's interesting, Jürgen Klopp said something at the press conference today that he thought that the most talented team in the Champions League this season wasn't in the final. It was Ajax because he thought Ajax were in terms of the you know the potential they've got and the youngsters that they've got. But the two teams who showed the greatest heart and the greatest desire and the greatest will to win are there in the final and you know Tottenham deserve it Jay that really hurt by the way <laughs> you, did, you did really well there fair play to you um, Jay two of the maddest games of football I've seen for a long time this week uh, those two semi-final second legs but looking back over this season obviously the Reds have had the measure of Spurs albeit with a little bit of help from Toby Alderweireld amongst, amongst others but do you think Spurs will fancy their chances given the way they got to the final um I don't know. I, I I I was a bit surprised at the kind of like the bit the negative reaction amongst a lot of Liverpool fans to Tottenham getting through. I mean, although I would have rather Liverpool were facing Ajax, I think you you kind of need to remember Alf, where Liverpool have come from. The idea that you could you'd be quibbling about who you face in the Champions League final <laughs> when it wasn't that long ago we were knocking around in the Europa League. Um, we're playing a team in the Champions League final that we've beaten twice already this season. You know, it's 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 not it's not like going to Kiev to face. Cristiano Ronaldo's Real Madrid, so um, I think it makes it a bit trickier. And you, you, yeah, you've got to give Tottenham massive, massive credit for what they did the other night. But um, no, I'm not, I'm not due, too unduly concerned. Kiva, uh, the flight to Madrid is booked. You, you box out off this morning. You'll be there just, singing just in the, the squares. Just the one way. Don't know. How I'm getting back. <laughs> well, you figure it out. Don't know. How I'm getting a ticket either. But I'll, <laughs> that I'll one figure might be it out. Um, touching on what Jay is, 
talking about there, are, are you underwhelmed by the prospect of playing Spurs or just does the buzz of seeing the Reds in a final completely outweigh that? When I watched it, like I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like what a moment for them. Like as a football th- fan, first and foremost, you have to sort of look at that and go, wow. But it kind of took the shine off us just a little bit and annoyed me by that. I was like, well, yeah, we've just beat Barcelona 4-0. Greatest ever semi-final comeback and then Spurs go and do that. Um, But as you say, we beat them twice this season, so I'm I'm fairly confident. The thing is, we just, we can't lose to them because we just never hear the end of it. And I think you can lose to Ajax and almost be like, what an incredible young team. You know, it sounds like optimist. I am, I am, but you could, you know, when you just think down into that little dark path. (laughs) And I was just like, you could lose to Ajax, but we cannot lose to Spurs. Maybe it's a good thing now because the, the, the players just will not want to lose to Spurs more than. They wouldn't want to lose to Ajax if you get me. Sounds a bit mad, but even if Tottenham win, they're still Tottenham, so it doesn't really make any difference to me in that regard. <laughs> but we need. We, if the games yeah. were the other way around, by the way, do you think Liverpool fans would be thinking differently? If say Liverpool played on the Wednesday and Spurs played on the Tuesday, possibly. As in just well, the, no, the it's terms of making well, like it, it turns like I said, it yeah, took a yeah, little exactly, bit. Of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Liverpool kind of took the shine away from Tottenham a little bit, would they be feeling better about it? Because James is right, isn't he? They're in, they're in a Champions League final again. I know it's mad. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking. Yesterday, actually, just Klopp's had three European campaigns with Liverpool, and he's got the three finals, and that is just eleven that's knockout ties with Liverpool, and he's won all eleven. There can't and be another manager that's had that. No, cannot be another manager. Can't, that, anyway. And when yeah. you think of the circumstances of the of some of those as well, and you, you know, you think of Dortmund in his first season, and and then obviously the Roma games and the City games last season, and then this time around Bayern and. You know, people felt and you know, that you know you were, Liverpool were going to the Allianz for that second leg. You know, massively, massively up against it because having having not scored at Anfield, and um, we were talking earlier on actually about the fact that Klopp was like absolutely irate in the press conference before that second leg at the Allianz because it was put to him about you know do you not think you should just you know, toss the Champions League off and just focus on the the Premier League title race because you know you I think it was Gary Neville wasn't it who'd, who'd, mm. who'd kind of said that that was how Klopp should play it and you know and he he believed that Liverpool could stay in the hunt on both fronts and and here we are you know a couple of days away from the Premier League title race finale and he's been proved absolutely spot on indeed and Jay uh, staying with you and indeed with Klopp's press conferences. Um, you were there today to hear from Jürgen um, and I've since written an update on the players' conditions after training today. Where's everyone up to and how's availability looking at the Wolves? Yeah, mainly positive. Um, Jordan Henderson, who obviously revealed after the game the other night that he'd, uh, he'd had kind of a, a painkilling jab and, and painkillers to, uh, to get through the, the game after taking a heavy blow to the knee. He trained today, so it looks like he'll be, he'll be fine. Mo Salah was back out training outside away from the main group with the kind of the rehab and sports science staff um, under the concussion protocol. He, it'll be tomorrow, Saturday when he's able to train fully. So, you know, he's bang on course. I'd expect him to to start on, on Sunday. Sadio Mane and Fabino both picked up slight knocks the other night. They're fine. They trained. Um, the, the only, the only kind of, I suppose, concern with Andy Robertson, you know, Klopp earlier on today said that he thought he would be okay for Sunday, but he didn't train today Liverpool I think quite rightly being cautious with him you wouldn't want to take any chances um, because I think you know if he if if he's not 100% then James Milner as he showed the other night could is more than capable of filling that void against Wolves and you know you want to make sure that Robertson is uh, 
absolutely 100% for that Champions League final. So uh, no Firmino, but again, Klopp saying today that he expects, he thinks there's enough time between now and the Champions League final for Firmino to be available um, for Madrid. So yeah, yeah, pretty uh, pretty positive news on the fitness front. Excellent. Uh, Doyle, you were there as well. What did you make of that presser today? And what kind of mood do you think Klopp was in for a man who's you know, facing two two very big games in a very decisive few weeks for the season. Well, the interesting thing really is that it didn't seem as they had any pressure on him whatsoever. It seemed like people were not that in- not not interested, but they were more interested in what had happened against Barcelona than they were against what could happen this weekend. Seemed to be more questions about that, to be honest. Uh, so he, he seemed quite laid back. He's in quite a good, fun mood. He was. Uh, it's funny because after the game against Barcelona on uh, on Tuesday, he looked a bit tired. Like he was a bit not overcome, but. He was emotionally spent. He'd invested that much energy and you know time in, in, into that game that he hadn't quite got over it. But I think he was asked whether he'd had any sleep on uh, since then. To which his reply was, "Yeah, you know, other than having to get up in the middle of the night because he's of a certain age now." Three times, yeah, three yeah, times you exactly. revealed. Yeah. yeah, I thought one was bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, he was in he was in a decent mood. I mean, he was he did come out with some some statements about um, he thought that Liverpool's winning against Barcelona was one of the greatest moments in football history, which. While it was, well, I think we mentioned on the last podcast, the best night ever at Anfield, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sure that there may be one or two other moments in football history that might be <laughs> slightly better than that. But, you know, you can't blame him for getting a bit carried away. But overall, it didn't exactly come across as a press conference of somebody that the league title's on the line in two, in two days. It's incredible. Mm. Um, Kiva, uh, another thing Klopp kind of touched on in the press conference, but I want to start with you on this, just because you did a story on this this morning. Was, there was a very significant and really quite powerful joint statement uh, put out by Spirit of Shankly and the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust demanding action over issues that fans face with ticketing, uh, especially with regards to the Champions League final. And the two sets of supporters are calling on a cap, cap on ticket pricing and transparency over allocation, which I'm sure all fans could agree would, would be a good thing. Um, so first of all, just on the, on the story you did this morning, what, what did you make of that show of strength between the two clubs? Yeah, I thought that was brilliant and exactly what we needed because you know I'm a fan as well and looking at prices and stuff and I've paid over the odds just for one flight to Madrid and I don't know how I'm getting home you know I've got friends there luckily so I can stay with them but some of the prices I know people have paid £1,600 for like two nights a night in a hotel and it's just ridiculous you know we are football fans at the end of the day we shouldn't have to be paying extortionate prices and I don't know, there needs to be something like a cap or something on the cities, the host. These Obviously, they're going to make money, but, you know, as they wrote in the statement, it's not only just, you know, going to Madrid. This is like how many European cities you visit on the way. Mm. And, you know, it comes at a great cost to fans, you know, and I think the line was, you know, about the, the loyalty of fans and the sort of... I can't exactly remember the exact line. It's been a long day. Um, but yeah, the, the sort of, you know, they're going against that because, you know, fans will pay whatever to get there to see, you know, what could be a historical night for Liverpool or Tottenham Hotspur. And it's it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one because you don't think not on all ever change, will it really? And I think it was 860% the price of flights and hotels I've increased by this. Just doesn't seem. Yeah. Just doesn't seem fair. The, the exploitation is just absolutely outrageous, isn't it? and you know, even Klopp said himself today. He was talking about the issues that his own his own kind of family and friends. He, he said have had. Mm. He said he, you know, he'd, he'd been told about one room that's, that's usually a hundred pound a night is now two thousand seven hundred pound a night. And it's not in Kiev, um, is it? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've, I've had people messaging me on on Twitter to say that they'd 
you know, they'd booked hotel rooms in Madrid three, four months ago for like 50, 60 pound a night. Then they've now had emails to say, oh, sorry, big mix up. We've had to cancel your booking. And now that same place are advertising rooms for 800 pound a night. So it's, um, yeah. And then when you factor in, you see an easy jet charging, you know, I think I saw, I saw one screen grab yesterday, 1500 quid, um, for return flights to, to Madrid. It's just, just bang out of order. And especially then when you factor in the, the ticket allocation is just a, a normal, you know, it's, it, UEFA don't care, do they? That's the mm. thing. Every single time, it's you know you might as well just dig out the same stories we wrote for Kiev last year, change Kiev to Madrid, Real Madrid's name to, to Tottenham, and it's the it's the same thing because I just don't understand why they have this. They they sell off thousands of tickets to like the UEFA kind of family, and anyone around Europe can buy them midway point of the season when you've got no idea who's even going to be in the final. Mm. And and the thing is, the vast majority of those tickets will end up in the hands of Liverpool fans. Yeah. But, you know, you only had to look around that ground in Kiev last year. You know, it was red absolutely everywhere. They find they find a way. But the sad thing is they'll end up having to pay eight, ten times the uh, the face value to, to get hold of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Liverpool obviously put out their ticket details this week. And the fact that you're not even guaranteed a ticket for the final if you've been to all six European home games this season, just, you know, that, that kind of, to me, underline just how wrong the whole thing is because you know i think at the moment it's seven and then if you've been to if you've been to six you go into the ballot and obviously for liverpool as well there's the added complication of the priority rights holders thing mm-hmm. which you know that takes away kind of i think it's up to like 1500 tickets that does which is in a you know when you're only getting 16 and a half thousand for a major final um you know i know fsg have looked into that to try and to try and see whether it was legally binding the promise that hicks and gillette made shareholders when they bought them out but Sadly, it is, and they they can't do anything about that. Mm. I mean, you can you can't in some way you can't blame the hotel operators and the travel agents for being opportunists because that's what they do. That's how they make their money. That's why you only have to you know try try and book a holiday when the in the school holidays to know that the prices shoot up there. Yeah, but there's I know, opportunism, I know, and there's, there's opportunism, opportunism. But it all starts from UEFA, and as James you said, not so much even about the ticket allocation, but the prices. I mean, seventy five percent more than seventy five percent of the tickets are going to cost one hundred and fifty pounds, at least one hundred and fifty pounds each. For one game, and I know it's a final, but some of them have even got restricted views. I know this isn't UEFA's so, fault. How can you have restricted pound tickets yeah, that are yeah. restricted? Views? Yeah, how can you have a restricted in view a, brand in a stadium, new stadium that's just been built? Seen. Exactly. So, but no, as 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 the others have said, this has always gone on. I mean, look at mm. the look at the Europa League final. Poor Arsenal and Chelsea. For start, it's in Baku, which is I think we had a look. It's even more further east than uh, Baghdad, and they've only got six thousand tickets each in a. Was it six in a bigger stadium than the one Liverpool will be playing their Champions League final? It's ridiculous, but they don't care because you can. Both grounds will be completely full, mm. and loads of people would have paid a fortune to go there because there's always people who want to go. You know, you know. I'm not sure how much money Kiwi you play to pay to get there, but it'll <laughs> yeah. be a lot of money basically mm. because you want to go there. Why wouldn't you want to go there? You've followed them all the way through, as you've said, and the all the various other games. Because they know that they're just, they're just they're taking advantage of the loyalty of the supporters, not just for Liverpool, but for any team that would have been there. I think the allocation's the difficult one to take as well because 16,000 is just not enough. Like, you think it should be half and half down the middle. You know, forget all this corporate stuff. You know, the, these are the people who've been following the clubs. Fair dues, there's got, always going to be people with more money who can pay for better seats and yeah. whatnot. But, you know... Just it's mad to think. Uh, what's the capacity of the one? It, it, it's sixty-eight, but I think it might go down to about sixty-three, sixty-four. They why, tend to, why isn't they tend it thirty thousand each? And then you know, it's never been like that though. It's <sighs> never ever ever been it's like just, that. It's never it's will just be. Just wrong, plain no. wrong. Isn't it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
Well, re- refreshing to hear kind of Klopp come out and sympathise with the plight of supporters on those issues. So hopefully, you know, that kind of intervention can make a bit of difference eventually. Um, moving on from that, uh, one thing Klopp wouldn't be drawn on, Jay, in his press conference was the futures of Sturridge and Moreno and whether this could be the last time they're seen at Anfield at the weekend. Uh, since he wouldn't ask, answer it, uh, I'm going to ask you, do you reckon either of them will be here at the end of the summer? No, absolutely zero chance on either of them. I think um, you could understand why Klopp wasn't willing to discuss it because I think, you know, if you hear me, for a start, the season doesn't finish on Sunday because we've got the final to come. And also, you know, I think, you know, as he said himself, the players know where they stand. You know, he said the rest of the world at the moment don't need to, but um, no, they'll both they'll both leave this summer. I think with Sturridge, it's been clear you know, I know he. I know he started this season. He had like a real kind of revival of sorts and scored a couple of goals and looked leaner and hungrier and stronger. But um, no, it's just it. It just doesn't make sense for you know. He's he's on. He was on such a big contract. You know, 120, 130 grand a week for a bit part player. Um, you know, who's who's you know sadly his best years are behind him. Um, you know, I think that's been pretty clear for quite a while that that he needs to go and pursue a new challenge. And then I mean, Moreno. <laughs> where do you, where do you even where do you even start with him? I mean, the um, you know, he's absolutely nowhere near, you know, even you know that 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 team is he and um, you know I've never been a massive fan of Alberto Moreno to be honest. I'll be come on, give his proper absolutely name. stunned that he's managed to stay at the club as as long as he has done. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine he'll move back to Spain. I'd imagine that's probably the most likely mm. option for him. Storage would be an interesting one because. I just don't know where he goes in if he stays in the Premier League, you know, would he would he drop down to I don't know like a maybe Bournemouth, like a Bournemouth or a If Villa come up, Villa's Villa yeah. Villa would be a good move for him to come up. I've always, I mean I've always thought he'll end up in the MLS. Eventually, he, yeah. He, he, but well then but then I don't know whether That's getting think, better though. That's obviously the irony there is that's getting better the yeah. standard there so I wonder. I wonder whether that you know whether whether he's got another move in him before he goes to the MLS. But I'm, I'm convinced we'll see him in the MLS at some point because he, you know, he's whenever whenever they've got spare time during the off season, he's always he's always over in the states. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know whether whether he gets on the pitch on Sunday, I, mean, I think we can definitely count discount Moreno getting an emotional farewell. Um, <laughs> you might get a farewell though. <laughs> the, um, and then there's a few others, obviously, isn't there? Chucked into the mix. I mean, Simon Mignolet. Mm. You know, again, you know when he's doing that in a lap of appreciation after the final whistle, regardless of what happens, you'd imagine he'd be waving farewell as well because, you know, I think Klopp said the other day, didn't he, he's the best number two in the Premier League, but mm. I think at his age, he won't want to spend another another year warming the bench. Mm. On uh, this subject, Doily, we, we were talking about this before, Origi certainly with, with his cameos and well cru- crucial performances this season, he's certainly given Klopp something to think about in terms of whether he's a longer term option for Reds and cover for the forward line. But with storage looking likely to leave, surely there's going to be some kind of move in the transfer market in the forward department in the summer. Well, they also they lost Solanke, didn't they, in January? And Ings, yeah. and Ings left mm. last year as well. I mean, they got a lot, of, as James has said many a time, uh, got a lot of faith in Rian Brewster. You know, there was some he was on the bench, wasn't he, against Barcelona? Uh, he could even be on the bench against Wolves. You know, I think I think he might be there, but he'll be playing next season at some point, make his debut. But you're right. I think with storage going, Solanke gone, Ings gone. Uh, Riga, I think he'll stick around if they can persuade him to. I think that might be one where it's down to the player if he agitates for a move or wants to go. He's only got 12 months left on his contract, so he may decide, Liverpool might decide that you know they've got to take the money. But uh, turns out a striker. I mean, I, th- I think they'd have to, wouldn't they? I mean, I'm not saying they got away with it against Barcelona with Firmino being injured and Salah, but 
they're not going to be able to do that every single game. Let's put it that way. And the more options they've got, the better. And, and if they do have a frontline striker who they can rotate with the other three, then it gives a chance to rest some of the others, which they haven't really done this season. Just go back to Sturridge very briefly. The irony this season being that he's, I don't think he's missed a game through injury. This has got to be the first mm. time ever in his entire Liverpool career. And it's the, the last season where he's played, you know, in terms of being available, played fewer games than ever before. Which mm. I love. It's quite valiant of him to stay fit when we've sort of, you know. Yeah, when he might have been needed. Yeah. 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 Mm. And to be fair, he's started the last two Premier League games and he did an awful lot better up at Newcastle than he did at Huddersfield, I thought. Mm. I thought he had a decent game against Newcastle. And the players, his teammates came out and were quite keen to... Just to talk him up and say how much of an effort he made in the last 10 minutes in particular because he's, how many times has he played 90 minutes for Liverpool in the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely in the shop window. Like. Um, last question on this then, Kiva. Do you think this is arguably the trickiest window, transfer window Klopp's face so far? Because don't really touch on it there. How, how does he bring quality into the squad with players who may be happy, you know, not necessarily to sit on the bench, but at least to be rotated, to be part of a squad? That you feel like we do have such a strong eleven now, but we do need to strengthen as well because, like, I think about the centre back position. Obviously, you've got Van Dijk there, and then I'd like Gomez alongside him. Matip's come in and done a, a sterling job, but you just sort of think a couple of injuries here and there. I think when Lovren was injured and Matip obviously come in and Gomez was injured, and you know it's positions like that where one injury, even like look at Robertson taking a knock, and then we've got to put Milner there. But what if something happens in the midfield where we need Milner in the, you know, things can quickly sort of fall apart. Mm. So we do need to strengthen, but we need to find players who are not only top quality players, but players that are willing, like Shaqiri's done this season, you know, he seemed to most part be willing to sort of be a, a cameo player and Sturridge just sort of, you know, they were both relegated with teams last year, albeit Sturridge on loan. So they've come back and thought, you know, this is actually great, but, you know, we're getting paid all this money to play for Liverpool and we're not, whether we're playing or not. I think Shaqiri showed the other night, you know, his enthusiasm, his touch went away from him a few times, but he had a, an all an all-round good game. So, you know, players like that who've got that bit of quality but are okay to sort of go, well, you know, especially a striker, I'm not going to get that many games with Salah Firmino. And, mm. But then someone who's going to come in and want to challenge the likes of Manor, you know, for their position, you need that that hunger as well. So it, it is a difficult one. I'm glad it's not down to me. <laughs> um, now, before we take a look at Wolves, let's ha- have a quick assessment of Brighton's chances against Man City in the game that... A lot of eyes on will obviously be on on Sunday. Jay, we've had a rallying cry from Shane Duffy, another from Pascal Gross today. Do you think they can get something? <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I mean, it is Liverpool. Know from from the games they've had down there, they've never they've never strolled strolled through a game down there. Even even when I think we scored four or five down there the season before last. I think when Coutinho, that was one where was it when Coutinho rolled the free kick under the wall. Was that down at Brighton? I think it yeah. was, wasn't it? Was it? And he, um, he, said he, had, he had 20 minutes before half time where he just played was unbelievable. They couldn't get yeah. anywhere near him. But even, even that, you know, there was periods in that game where they are quite an uncomfortable team to to come up against. So they are, you know, they 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 are well drilled. They can they can frustrate opponents, and they also pose a threat from from set pieces. Um, I mean, it's it's one of those where if you'd asked me on Monday night, I'd have said absolutely not a Catanel's <laughs> chance. But then, having witnessed that on Tuesday night, you then think, well, well, why not? You know, it's what what happened. You know, there, there was there was more chance of Brighton taking a point off City than there is of Liverpool overturning a three three goal mm. deficit against Barcelona. Um, you know, the only the only the difference, obviously, we're, we're talking about desperately hoping for another miracle. Tuesday night's miracle was in Liverpool's hands. 
masters of their own destiny this time around. You know, they don't have that luxury. They're, you know, they've, they've got to do their job against Wolves and then hope that Brighton deliver. I think the one thing that kind of fills you with a bit of hope is <coughs> in recent weeks, despite Liverpool and Man City being absolutely relentless in terms of rattling off win after win after win, you, you definitely couldn't ever accuse any of the opponents of just jacking mm. it in because they had nothing to play for. Like, you know, you usually look at it and you go, oh, you know, they, you know they'll have the flip-flops on or whatever. You're not going to get anything out of them. But like Newcastle couldn't have done any more to wreck Liverpool's dream at St. James's. I don't think Leicester could have done any more than, than they did, you know, uh, against uh, City at the Etienne. Yeah, enough to score. Apart from that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of like just general yeah. application, you wouldn't, they didn't play like a team that, the 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 you know we're already on their summer holidays so um, I'm sure Brighton will do the same. You just need you just need a bit of luck, don't you? Mm. Because you know, I've watched, I have actually put myself through the pain of watching City. <laughs> that probably their last four games, and there's been periods in every single one of those games that have got your hopes up because you know Tottenham. The chances Tottenham wasted mm. at the Etihad and and you know the Iniesta chance the other night, and you know there's been been others along along the way but even Burnley you know Chris yeah. Wood you know that where the chance he had where you know his first touch let him down so yeah you just I think Liverpool will definitely get total commitment off off Brighton it's a long shot but then it's possible mm. I mean I Manchester United did exactly overexert themselves against City let's be honest about that uh, no, they did. Not to half time. No, no, to be that fair, was, no, no, they no, did. They're just rubbish. You couldn't accuse them of not trying. They they had City a bit rattled first half, but then yeah, they just, yeah, just a golfing yeah, 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 second yeah, yeah. half. And, and, uh, going back to Brighton, uh, the thing about Brighton this season is that I know reading the stuff and speaking to some people from down there is that quite a lot of their fans have just gone against Chris Hughton and this, that and the other and looking from the outside we're thinking what are you on about it's, he's done a magnificent job but they've been playing under that pressure haven't they for weeks and weeks where they thought we might go down we might go down we might go down that's gone now and you saw that when they played against Arsenal last week where they got that point mm-hmm. where they could have easily won at the end you saw some of the breakaways that they had now that's one thing that could be in Liverpool's favour where they will be playing with they'll be playing with freedom and they as James has said they can't just chuck it in because everybody will be looking at them and if Brighton say just make no effort and lose 5-0 that's what everybody remember the season for you know the season where they just basically threw it in against City and so you know City won the league not that wasn't the reason why City won the league but that'll be the lasting memory and they're going to be playing in front of their own fans they won't want to get tonked will they mm. so I think that the fact that they aren't playing for something I know a lot of fans wanted Brighton to be playing for something. I think that might actually work in Liverpool's favour. Mm, it's a good way of looking at it. Um, Kiva, question for you on this one. Do you think Liverpool's result against Barcelona in midweek will have any impact on City going into this weekend? I mean, if they needed any more evidence that this Liverpool team doesn't give up, that it was all there for, for everyone to see in the Champions League. Yeah, well, Sterling came out last night, didn't he, when he picked up his uh, Football Races Player of the Year award? And said, you know, he's happy for Henderson and Trent, which is kind of like, is he really? Because you would have watched it and they, they obviously got knocked out and would have been gutted. But, um, you know, he said he's looking forward to the game. They get If they win it, they win the Premier League. So, you know, there is that sort of pressure on them. But there's then that they just need to win where we need to win and hope for a, some a, another miracle like on, on Tuesday night. But, you know, what Tuesday done, I think for us is... For our fans, it sort of takes the shackles off almost. We're sort of like, well, we're in the Champions League final. If this doesn't go to plan, it's not all over. Because, you know, on Monday night, you were watching that game just thinking, well, we're probably going to go out tomorrow of the Champions League. And then on Sunday, 
we're going to lose the Premier League on the last day, which will just be, you know, what a what a painful end to the season that'll be. But now we've got, you know, three weeks time, we'll be jetting off to Madrid. So we've got that to look forward to. So, you know, our players, I think, will play with that confidence on Sunday. I think I'm confident we'll win, but it's whether, you know, Brighton can do something that we'd, you know, I think we'd all be going down there to give give them thanks next season, wouldn't we? Um, if they could do something pretty spectacular and special for us. And I think the one thing a team haven't done in the past few weeks is score against City. We haven't seen mm. that side, other than obviously in the Champions League, I think the past few games, no one's been able to just put them under pressure by going, even just getting a goal back, you know, even a 2-0 to City, get a goal back and put them under that pressure. No one's done that yet. So if Brighton can do that, you know, they're, they're good in the air, set pieces and penalties. You <laughs> <laughs> score them sometimes, don't they? So yeah, they're good at penalties. They're really good at penalties. Just getting the ball yeah, off yeah. City, that's yeah. the issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They'll get one chance at least, won't they? they? So they we can will. hope yeah. for that. Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Murray. Let's hope for a good afternoon for Glenn. Oh, fingers crossed. Um, in terms of what is in Liverpool's hands then, Jay, uh, Wolves, relatively comfortable away from home when it was, was it 2-0 win? Um, how do you see this one going on Sunday? Yeah, I think Liverpool will have far too much for them. I just think because the, the, the atmosphere again will be will be absolutely electric. Everyone will be be bang up for it. And I don't I don't even I don't even think you know what, whatever happens with City will puncture the mood too much. To be honest, because um, you know, obviously if 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 there is a miracle on the south coast, then you know the the scenes on Sunday Anfield are gonna you know, it'll be like it'll be like Tuesday night times ten, won't mm. it? You know. I, I, you know, you can't even get your head around what it what it would be like. But if it doesn't happen, then um, you know, the, the you know the the applause and all the plaudits that come the way of the staff and the players after the game will be richly deserved because you know there certainly won't be any hint of despondency because you know if they win the game, ninety seven points. You know, some people obviously will point to you know a couple of those draws early in the new year, and you know there, there will be a I'm sure. Quietly, there'll be a sense of what might have been. Um, you, know, you think about the West Ham game and Leicester at home, and you know, United away, Everton away. You know, if only one of those had been turned into a win. But you know, when you actually take a step back and look at the the bigger picture, it's just incredible what this what this team have done to you know to be here with only one league defeat all season. Even that was, you know, what was it, eleven millimeters or whatever that ball being cleared off the line at City. Um, so yeah, I think I th- you know Wolves have had a, a brilliant season. It's, it's I don't think you wouldn't say it was in like an absolute gimme because you know they they you know Klopp was talking them up today and you know he said it's for the supporters to to be have one ear on whatever's going on at Brighton, not not any, not for him or his staff or any of his players. But I just think Anfield has been such a fortress for Liverpool. It might you know what Wolves do tend to be quite tricky to break down. It might it might take Liverpool thirty, forty, fifty minutes, but. Yeah, they'll 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 be too strong for Wolves in the end. How do you see it going, Doyle? You, you, you know, will what will the Reds' approach be, and and is the will they feel the pressure going into this one? Well, they'll feel the pressure a little bit. I think. Let's be honest; they're just human. Do you not but, think the pressure's off? No, they still need yeah. to win. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care what Man City do. I have to be genuinely honest. Don't care. Right? If Liverpool just have to get to ninety-seven points and then deal with anything else after that, because if they get to ninety-seven points, anyone, James has said then that some people might say, "Oh, what about the Leicester?" Come on, ninety-seven points. Um, you know, Liverpool have won the league 18 times. Manchester United have won it 20 times. Neither of those two teams has ever got to that amount. 
And if Man City do win the league, the only two teams in the history of top flight football in England that have had more points was Man City last season and Man City this season. That's what Liverpool are up against. And they managed to get this, if they get the win, 97 points, then then just let, you know, let everything else, you know, just control what you can control. Worry about that. Mm. And I think Liverpool, I think James is right. There's the atmosphere. It should sweep, it should sweep Wolves away. Although they're obviously a very good team, I think. One of the best teams Liverpool played away this season, I think, from the league game. It perhaps wasn't as comfortable as you were making out there, Sean. 2-0. <laughs> it got a bit it got a bit spicy at times, but just before Christmas that was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously the beating in the FA Cup, although that was a completely different starting lineup for Liverpool. I think Liverpool should win. And I think just have to, again, pray for Glenn Murray. <laughs> and Kiva, what kind of mood will you be in going to the ground on Sunday and what, what do you expect from that atmosphere? Well, like on Tuesday, you just sort of, Anfield will just produce another, I think, arguably the best because of what's just happened. Where Tuesday, nothing will ever come close to that for me. But, you know, if something magical does happen, like James says, it'll be 10 times, 100 times, a million times. It's just going to be, you know, it's been nearly 30 years since Liverpool last won a league. And, you know, to take it to the last day is just, just incredible. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if City do win it because, you know, you there will be that sort of, well, you know, what could have been. But, you know, it was an amazing, it has been an amazing season and it hasn't ended yet and it doesn't end on Sunday. So, you know, I think fans will just go there with with the passion and support they have all season following what is the greatest ever Liverpool team. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> they might not win the league, but they're the best team I've ever seen in my 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 young life, I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I think, you know, the fans will just, just rally behind them again and it'll just be sort of... I, I don't think they'll be upset if the final whistle blows and City have won. I don't think it'll be that like, you know, they'll be going around knowing that last year when they'd done the lap of honour, they were going to another final and they're going again. So, you know, we, we've got that now to hope for and then just play for the, the miracle of the Amex. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, and we'll finish with a look at the teams then. So in goal, are we, are we giving Mignolet a final farewell performance? No, no. 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 All right, Alison in there then. Um, what are we thinking at the back then? Will, will Robertson make it? I just it? think it with the Robertson, Matip, I don't think Arnold. Robertson. I think, mm-hmm. I think, oh, you'd really think Milner? I think he might play Milner. Milner. Matip? Yeah. yeah, as long as... You just as long as it didn't take too much out of him the other night, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring Lovren back in just for the sake of it because you've got three weeks, haven't you, before before the final. So yeah, I'd stick with Van Dijk and Matip if if they're both physically okay to play. Mm-hmm. And midfield three, where do we where do we think he'll go? Well, if Milner's playing left back, true, and there's no cater, not a lot of options. We know it's going to be the three, isn't it? Fabinho, Ronaldum, Henderson, Henderson. Yeah. that should be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I guess it's you know a couple of doubts around the the, the guys up front. Definitely no Firmino. Is it is it as simple as Salah, Origi, Mane? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let, I, think, let, I think you've let, got to reward Origi for the yeah. other night. Origi's the main man now. Yes, yes. Well, there you go. Then they are your Reds to try and win the league. Uh, and and as Jay said before, it's is ridiculous to think that there could be this week a night that eclipses Tuesday and is even better. Uh, but imagine that party if, as Kiva says, there is that miracle at the Amex and the Reds get their job done at Anfield on Sunday. We shall see and we'll be back either way uh, with a, a pod on Monday. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.